you forgot to say it, Steve. Uh, it's all Steve's fault that this is out of sync now. Uh, so pray for Steve. Uh, he, he needs some healing. Uh, so, so the Levites wouldn't have any land accompanied with it, but, but the Levites would. So uh, just a difference uh, in those positions. But these are so important for us. And in the, many of the Levites would be in the cities where we just saw last time that the, uh, the places of, of refuge, the cities of refuge would be, remember there's six cities, three on the west side, three on the east side. Uh, and there'd be many Levites in those cities also to help with that. Because remember, there had to be a high priest in the city so that when the slayer came in and he was allowed to stay, that when that high priest died, the slayer could then go back to his own house, uh, back to his own place, uh, and do it in safety. That the, uh, there was almost a, uh, what do you call it, a statute of limitations things. Uh, that, that he could be in there for, and stay safely for that time. If he went out, he was fair game. But if the high priest had died, he could go back home and, and be in safety. So uh, it says in verse 1 that then came near the heads of the fathers of the Levites unto Eleazar the priest and unto Joshua the son of Nun and unto heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel. So they would come in and speak to them and it says they spoke to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, remember before uh, Samuel, uh, Shiloh was a place where the tabernacle was, where the place of presence was, where, where the tabernacle would be in uh, the, the center, pretty much of, of what was going on. It moved uh, after Samuel. Uh, remember Eli was killed and, and everything was taken. The sons were killed. Uh, and then the, uh, the the place moved and uh, finally came down and settled in, in Jerusalem when David brought him in. Uh, so it's, they said that they spoke to them in Shiloh to the leaders of the country in the land of Canaan saying, the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses to give us cities to dwell in with the suburbs thereof for our cattle. Uh, it tells us this in Numbers 35. Uh, uh, verse 8, uh, if you're taking notes or want to look it up later, uh, but it says in the cities, well, we'll pick up at verse 7. So all the cities which ye shall give to the Levites shall be forty and eight cities, and then shall you give with their suburbs. So this is just a continuation of what the Lord has told Moses, but now it's coming to fruition. And all the things that the Lord says will come to pass. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer than what we want. Uh, or what he wants, but uh, eventually all those things are going to come to pass. Uh, in the cities which you shall give shall be of the possession of the children of Israel. From them that have many, you shall give many, but from them that have few, you shall give few. So if there was a large amount of people in the tribes uh, that would be given the land, then they would give many cities for the Levites. If it was a small tribe, then they would give few. But every one shall give up his cities unto the Levites according to the inheritance which he has inherited. Almost in the place of, of being a tithe. Uh, a tithe offering not just of funds, of materials, but of land also. Uh, to give to the work of the Lord for the work of the Lord. Uh, and it's interesting, even in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 14, Paul says this to the church at Corinth. Um, he says, even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel or 
minister in the, the work of the gospel should live of the gospel. There should be life there. There should be a giving there so that they could live without having to go out uh, and to do those extra things. It, it's so hard to uh, minister uh, with, with another job involved, and that's why so many uh, pastors quit after a while, hopefully, and the church starts growing so that they can minister rightly and, and give all their time to the work of the ministry and not just uh, the time that's left over. Because God never wants leftovers, He wants the first fruits. <laughs> and that's why we keep encouraging folks when you get up in the morning is the best time to get with the Lord. Uh, because uh, so often we, we grab our coffee and we're out the door as soon as we wake up. You know, you, your feet hit the floor, you, you grab a hold of <laughs> your shoes and your, your coffee and run out the door and don't spend any time with the Lord. And, and so the first fruits are gone by the time you get home and then you're so tired you can't. But the first fruits are better to hear, to understand, to see what the Lord has for you and, and to have that time just to meditate on what he's saying. Uh, so even in the New Testament, uh, Paul brings this out, this, this time that uh, we should just be giving. So we kind of tithe our time. Uh, and as Christians, we, we certainly should be tithing financially, but also uh, tithing our, our time to the Lord to see what the Lord has for us. Uh, and not that we set a certain time limit, you know, I'm just going to give 20 20 minutes a day to you, Lord, that, that's it, and be on such a set schedule, because sometimes the Lord wants more than just 20 minutes. <laughs> sometimes he wants the whole day, and boy, it, it, it's hard. We were just looking last night, uh, we just started the book of Acts, and just to see uh, the 120 in the upper room, uh, just praying there, but the Lord told them to go back to Jerusalem, spend some time and wait for the promise of the Lord's coming. Wait for the promise that the Lord had given them that the Holy Spirit was going to come. Uh, and they had to just sit there and wait, not, not to go out and do things, but to sit there and wait for the Lord, wait for the promise. So sometimes he has those times where we tithe the time to him every day, but sometimes he just wants us to sit before him and just to hear what he has for us. And that's, that's being led by the Spirit of God. Remember, the Spirit comes, he, he comes alongside of us, is the paraclete, the one who comes alongside with comfort, and then he comes and he indwells us. As we're born again of his Spirit, then the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us and leads us. And so if God is dwelling in us and we're being led by the Spirit, then we really need to be in touch with him. Okay, Lord, what do you want today? <laughs> Instead of saying, Lord, here's my schedule, you know my appointments, you know my plans, so bless them. He goes, no, I, I don't bless what you make, I bless what I make. <laughs> and we get it backwards sometimes. We want the Lord to bless what we want rather than we should be looking for, to see what the Lord wants so that that can be a blessing to us. Because as we walk in obedience, it tells us in Scripture that there's blessings of obedience. There's just a blessing for being obedient to the Lord and listening to him. And that's what we want. That's what God wants for his people. Uh, and can you imagine when we're in heaven? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we aren't going to have to tithe our time with the Lord and spread everything else out. <laughs> Lord, it's you. Because <laughs> there is no time in heaven. So we won't know if we're having a worship service for 100 years. How great would that be? And you're not worrying about, oh, 10 minutes, I got to get home because, boy, I'm hungry. And 
the eggs and bacon are on the table and I got to get there. <laughs> you know how important bacon is, Lord. Uh, it's, a, it's a food group all by itself. So it says that the Lord spoke to them in Shiloh and commanded them uh, to do that. And the children of Israel, in verse 3, gave to the Levites out of their inheritance. So uh, their inheritance w was uh, uh, the land that was divided. Uh, and we, we've seen the last couple of chapters that Joshua finally kicked the rest of them out and got them going and had them map out the land and get the land all set up so that it could be divided. Uh, and now the cities are being set up. As soon as they had their division of land and as soon as they went in and, and conquered the land, then it was time to set up these cities for the Levites to come in so that the word of God could be spread. And, and certainly how important that is uh, for, for his work to be accomplished in all of Israel. Notice it isn't just confined to one area of Israel. Uh, just like our lives shouldn't be confined to just one place that, that we meet with the Lord, we can meet with the Lord everywhere. Whether we're in jail, whether we're at work, we can meet with the Lord wherever we are. That's his heart, that's his way. Uh, but he wanted them spread out throughout all of Israel so that everyone had that opportunity to meet with the Lord. So they gave out of their inheritance at the commandment of the Lord these cities and their suburbs, uh, the places where they would have that, that common ground where they could farm it and do whatever with it. <clears throat> and the lot came out for the family of the Kohathites, the children of Aaron the priest, which were of the Levites, had by lot of the tribe of Judah and out of the tribe of Simeon and out of the tribe of Benjamin, 13 cities. And the rest of the children of Kohath had by lot out of the families of the tribes of Ephraim and out of the tribe of Dan, and out of the half-tribe of Manasseh. So this is uh, on the east side of the, the Jordan River, where these two and a half tribes would be, uh, ten cities. So they had set out part their cities, and the children of Gershon had by lot out of the families of the tribe of Issachar, out of the tribe of Asher, out of the tribe of Naphtali, out of the half-tribe of Manasseh and Bashan, 13 cities. And, and then it goes through and lists all these things that are going on in and through these places. Uh, but we see something interesting here. As you look, you see that there's really something that, that's missing. Well, not missing, but we, we kind of uh, talked about a little bit last time was Simeon. Remember it says in, in Genesis 49 that, that because of the cruelty uh, in the hearts of, of Simeon, and Levi, who were cruel to the people in the land, they went in and killed all the males of the land. They had them get circumcised, and when they were the sorest, they went and slew them with the swords uh, just because they, they had taken advantage of their sister. Uh, but Simeon was engulfed in all of Israel. They really had none, none of their land. They had a place that the Lord had given them, but they were really taken over a lot went in with Judah someone in with Benjamin someone in here and there so they were really engulfed in all the rest of the tribes but Levi all of a sudden they have all these things going on in their place but they both had the cruelty but evidently something had gone on with the tribe of Levi that we don't see with the tribe of Simeon and I think what it is is in Exodus 32 so hold your place here go back to Exodus 32 uh, uh, because I think this is a place where, where they've 
not come to grips with what they've done, but maybe even come to a place of, of realizing how awful an act they had committed. Because remember, both these tribes went out and they destroyed the males of the land. But Simeon never really comes into that place of having a, a dwelling place in the land that they're kind of mixed in with everybody else uh, as we see through there. But in Exodus 32, uh, we know what's happened. <laughs> uh, uh, the people have, have sinned again. <laughs> Not like you and I who never sin again. Uh, but they've sinned again. They've turned. They've gone down uh, and gone the wrong direction. Uh, they've made a golden calf. Uh, and they come into that place uh, where they're just uh, at odds with what's happening. Uh, in verse 15, let's pick it up there. It says, Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. So the Lord has written out the law. He's given Moses the law. The tables were written by God's hand uh, on both their sides. On the one side and on the other they were written. And the tables were the work of God. And the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. Uh, and he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Joshua, hearing all this noise, <laughs> uh, and it's amazing what, what happens, two people hear the same noise and they have different outlooks on it, don't they? Remember, Moses has been on top of the mountain. Joshua was, was partway up, hanging out there. But, but Moses was hearing the voice of the Lord, and the Lord's telling him, it's time to get off the mount. You've got to get back down to the people. There's trouble. Joshua hadn't heard it. He, he thinks that there's a war going on. And sometimes two parents can have the same thing. They hear the kids upstairs, and they go, one of them goes, one of them's killing the other one. And the other parent goes, nah, they're just fooling around. <laughs> to me they're killing each other <laughs> to her they're just having a party uh, but there's a difference uh, in, in hearing as well as seeing and sometimes it's because the Holy Spirit shows us the presence of the Lord in our lives as we're looking to him that's what shows us that there's a difference of things that are going on uh, and so in verse 19, it came to pass as soon as they came nigh to the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing and Moses's anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mount, just signifying that they've broken the covenant already. <laughs> he didn't even get down the mountain to give it to him and they broke it. Ah. <laughs> uh, and I'm glad you guys are so spiritual that you never do that. You, you know, you read the Ten Commandments once and you got it nailed for the rest of your life, right? Uh, so he, he took the calf, which they had made, and burned it in the fire and ground it to powder and strotted upon the water and made the children of Israel to drink it. Yeah. Uh, and Moses said unto Aaron, uh, why did, what did this people... Uh, what did this people unto you that you has brought so great a sin upon them? Notice where he goes. He goes straight to Aaron. The first assistant pastor and the first one to mess things up, you know? 
I, I remember when, it, when, I, when they ordained me over at Calvary of Rochester, uh, one of the folks came up to me and told me this. You know what the first assistant pastor did? And it's amazing as they look through and see a lot of the assistant pastors in the Calvary movement either brought sin into the camp or took people out. And it's amazing. Hmm? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> but be careful of your position. Be careful of what God gives you. And don't think that an ordaining of a ministry is the thing that's going to keep you. What keeps us is the presence of the Lord in our lives. It isn't a title. It isn't letters in front of your name or after your name. The presence of the Lord is what keeps you. And that's what we need to have. Um, but he looks at Aaron. He goes right to Aaron being led by the Spirit, not going to the people and yelling at them, the ones that are in the forefront, but going to the one behind it. And it never says that Aaron was with them doing it. He certainly made those things. But, but that's where Moses goes, being led by the Spirit to know who's responsible and what's going on. Because he looks right at him and he says, what did the people do to you that made you do this? Mm. And it wasn't that the people made him do it. Because we know sin doesn't come because somebody else made us do it. That would be a Flip Wilson thing. You know, the, de the devil made me do it. <laughs> and there, there's certainly enough Flip Wilsons around that would say it to us. And don't we do the same thing? You look at the garden and what happens? The Lord comes to, to Adam. Adam, what happened? <laughs> the woman you gave me, Lord. She's the one. He doesn't even take ownership. Isn't that a sad thing? I love you, Eve, but you're making me do something wrong. No, I don't think so. Oh, isn't it terrible that we can't take ownership? And, and when we can finally get to that place, Lord, against you and you only have I sinned. Remember in the Psalms? <laughs> uh, against you and you only. David cries out in Psalm 51, Lord, I sinned. I blew it. It wasn't the people that made me do it. It wasn't Bathsheba that made me do it. It was me. It was my heart. It was the awfulness of my character, my nature, my natural state that I fell into that made me do this. I, I chose to. That free will. Isn't it awful? Sometimes I wish I was a robot, that I wouldn't have free will, that I wouldn't do those things. Ugh. So Aaron, Aaron says, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Don't be mad. <laughs> that is something. Uh, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. You know the people that they are set on mischief. Naughty people. Uh, for they said unto me, make us gods which shall go before us. And as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we what not, I love that, we what not what has become of him. And I said unto them, whosoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, and then I cast it into the fire, and there came out this calf. <laughs> really? <laughs> and, and when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked under their shame. Maybe not so much in, in the physical sense, even though it certainly was that, 
But in the spiritual sense, look at what he's done. He's unclothed them from the righteousness of the Lord and made them naked. Ugh. And, and that's awful to stand the Lord, before the Lord w without any covering. Ugh. And it was to their shame. It wasn't to their glory. It was to their shame. Among their enemies, because the enemy saw Israel's fallen. And then Moses stood. And look at what Moses does. And here's what a leader is going to do. Here's what the leader of a family is going to do. Here's what a leader of a, of a believing group is going to do. Here's what you and I need to do as believers in Christ. When we see sin, we need to stand. Stand in the presence of the Lord. Remember what it tells you in Ephesians? It, is it talks about all the, the uh, armor of God to put on. You know, your loins girt about with truth and in the shield of faith and all that and your helmet of salvation. What does it say to do after you put on all the armor? Stand. It doesn't say you have to go out and do anything. You need to stand against it. Stand before it and know it's wrong and not let it enter in. To stand in that place uh, of just being against what the rest of the world is doing. You know what Moses is doing? He's got two million people and he's the only one standing against it right now. Whoa. I don't know about you, but if I had an army in front of me of two million people, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'd be giving in or standing against them. But as we grow in the Lord, this is what we're going to do. But this is also what we're going to face. And Lord, I can't face two million people that are against me unless your presence is with me and unless you are helping me to stand in that place where I'm going to be against all of that. And where I'm not going to let it enter in. I'm going to keep myself pure before you, Lord. We can't do that in a natural state. But we can do it in a spiritual state with the presence of the Lord in us and working through us. And so uh, Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who's on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi, look at who comes. The sons of Levi, it doesn't say anything about Simeon doesn't say anything about Judah, any of the other tribes. Levi, the ones who, who uh, were already condemned in, in Genesis 49 because of their cruelty, I think they've come to a place of realizing the error of their ways and coming to repentance because they're standing on the Lord's side. And you can't do that unless there's repentance in your life. You can't do that in your own natural state. It has to be a work of the Lord. And so for me, uh, it's just a place, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, but I'm saying for me, this is where my heart goes with this, that they can't be standing on the Lord's side unless there's been a repentant heart that says, I want to be with the Lord. I don't want to be like I used to be. And there's a change in their life. Uh, Who's on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together. Uh, all the sons, not just some, but the whole tribe comes. <laughs> Yahoo, a national repentance. That would be great, wouldn't it? Can you imagine if America repented right now? <laughs> We'd cut the, the, the national debt instead of raising it once again. <laughs> We'd be cutting it. <laughs> but in a natural state, nobody's going to cut the debt because we want our comfort. Sorry, didn't mean to get political. Uh, <clears throat> 
So all the sons gathered themselves together, and he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord of God, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Israel did exactly what Moses said, and their fellow of that people that day, 3,000 men. Isn't it interesting that as we get to this, 3,000 men died. What happened on the first day of the New Testament church when Peter preached his first sermon? 3,000 people got saved. Hmm. You wonder if there's a connection. <laughs> I can't wait for Jesus to, to thread all this together for me because that, that's going to be wonderful. But, but I, I think there's what happens when we see the Levites getting the cities and Simeon not really getting a portion but being mixed in. I, I think there's the difference uh, of what has happened for them that they've come to that place and now the Lord is giving them an inheritance, not just a spiritual inheritance, but now a physical inheritance also. Uh, and so back in, in Joshua here, uh, as we take a look at this, there's a bunch of names now, which uh, I'm not gonna butcher, uh, but uh, all the families of, of these Levites and the cities and the places that they are, some of them with the cities of refuge, some of them outside of it. We see Golan, we see uh, uh, all these other places, we see uh, uh, Shemesh, uh, we, we see all these places, Kadesh, uh, uh, the shoulder, uh, being shouldered with the things of the Lord, going through uh, in those places. Uh, and down uh, towards the end of the chapter, just for time's sake, for uh, the funeral and everything else here, uh, and for, for us, uh, in verse uh, 41, and it says, in all the cities of the Levites within the possession of the children of Israel were 40 and eight cities with their suburbs. Uh, so here, here we have the same confirmation of what was talked about in Numbers when the Lord said, I want you to give these cities 48 cities. Here we got 48 cities that they've given to them. The commandment of the Lord, they obeyed it. They walked in the truth of it. And isn't that wonderful? They're, they're they're believers, they're walking in the way, and when we're a believer, we're gonna obey all the things of the Lord. If he says 48, we're not gonna say, oh, 46 is close enough. We're gonna say, if the Lord says 48, I wanna do 48. If the Lord says to get rid of my sin uh, of anger, I wanna get rid of the sin of anger. I don't wanna just get rid of one day of anger, I wanna get rid of it all, because he knows what's best for me. And is he doing this just so he can take 48 cities away from Israel and give them to another group of people? No, he's doing it because the blessing is there. The blessing is on the priests. The blessing is upon the Levites and they're bringing the word of God to all of Israel. And as they're bringing that word of God to all of Israel, the whole nation is gonna be blessed because the presence of the Lord is there. And if the Levites and the high priests are gonna be faithful, then the country's gonna be faithful. But if they're not gonna be faithful, what's gonna to happen to the nation? It's gonna go down the tubes and we see what's happened to America. Look at how far the church has come from giving out the truth, from giving out just the word of God. Instead, now we give out sermonettes. We, we don't give out the word of God, we just do topicals. And we never touch all the things that the Lord wants to minister to every heart. That's what's so important about the whole word of God. Topicals are great, 
but they can't be our main substance. There has to be the whole word of God given because otherwise we don't get the whole word and then we're missing part of what God has for our hearts. Because who knows who's sitting in that chair in front of the pulpit that's saying, I never heard that before, so my heart's never had to deal with it and I'll never get rid of that in my life. Ooh, accountability plus responsibility. But for you and I, as believers, and you guys especially sitting in Calvary chapels and, and, and in these places where the Bible's being taught, you have an accountability to read your word also. Because the responsibility is on us also to let the whole word of God have issue with our heart and to show us. We may think we're good, but then the Lord says the Pharisees thought they were good and the scribes. And the Lord said, you shall not murder. And so they say, we never killed anybody. And he said, but if you've done it in your heart, you've killed them already. And look at how many slunk away from, from what Jesus said and just walked away because they couldn't handle it. They didn't want to hear it because they realized they've killed their neighbor over and over and over. The neighbor whose dog barks all night long and you go, I'm going to kill him. And I'm going to kill his owner. I'm going to set his house on fire. I'm going to burn it. I'm going to blow his house up. I'm going to put a torpedo in the front of my car and just blow the thing up. You've killed him. And the Lord is trying to deal with those issues because he wants us free of those things. Because those things are going to cause us damage. It's like putting a cancer cell in your body and saying, oh, it's all right. It's only one. Guess what? Those cells multiply. That's why we need to get rid of sin and not keep just a little bit. Well, God, I've gotten rid of 99%. I've just got one little room in my heart. That room is going to be your living room pretty soon. <laughs> and it's going to take over. And that's why it's so important. And, and, and pray for us as we pray for you because we deal with the same things. We, we got to get rid of that stuff in our hearts. Lord, you, you deal with me. And as we sit before him every day in the word, we should really be crying that out. Lord, deal with my heart. Because I don't even know what's there. Some of those rooms I've never opened. Some of those rooms I've never seen, Lord. I don't know what's in there besides cobwebs. He says, there's stuff in there that you don't want to know. <laughs> he says, but one day it's going to be opened up unless we let the Lord deal with it first. And then it can be taken care of. Uh, and, and so the cities, I don't know how I got there. The cities were everyone with the suburbs round about. And were all these cities. And the Lord gave Israel, verse 43, uh, all the land which he swore to give to their fathers. And they possessed it. They didn't just enter in, but they possessed it. And the Lord wants us to possess our hearts to come to that place of letting the Lord deal with us that we're those living sacrifices as it talks about in Romans 12, uh, holy and acceptable unto God, that, that we're going to possess everything that the Lord has for us. We're not just going to look at it and say, well, that's good for Israel, but it's not for me. Hmm. <laughs> it's good for them to be obedient, but I don't have to be. I can be the way that I want to be. And isn't that a carnal Christian, what Paul would call a carnal Christian? They're carnal Christians. They got part of the world, they got part of the Lord, and they're not doing well in either place. 
because you can't do well. You can't serve two masters, the Lord says. You can't serve God and mammon. You're either going to serve one or you're going to serve the other. You can't serve both. They possessed it. They took hold of it. They took ownership of it. They took ownership of their life and their walk with the Lord and said, it's, it's my fault I'm not the Christian that I should be. It's my fault that I'm not in that place that I want to be. It's not my, my parents' fault. It's not my kids' fault. It's not my husband's fault. It's not my wife's fault. It's my fault. You take ownership and then take ownership of the forgiveness that God gives you. We don't want to take ownership of our sin, but we want to take ownership of forgiveness, right? <laughs> the, the two kind of go together. <laughs> we can't pass off our, what we've done on somebody else and then take ownership of forgiveness. We got to have that that needs forgiving. In, in these carnal beings, before we're, we're born again, we are a sinners before God and we need forgiveness. We got to take ownership that we've sinned and ownership that God has forgiven us and walk in the truth of it. It's not, it's not an awful thing, it's a blessing. We all want to go to heaven, <laughs> but we, not all of us want to go with, with all that God wants to give us. A lot of us just want to get saved. You know, we want fire insurance. <laughs> I don't want to go to hell and burn forever, but I don't want to do what God has to say all the rest of my life. I want some freedom. I want some party time. I want some fun. <laughs> you know what? It's more fun walking with the Lord than it is walking in the world. Ugh. But anyway, verse 44. Uh, and the Lord gave them rest. Because they took ownership of it, because they possessed it, they dwelt there, and they didn't just pass by. It says they dwelt therein. Uh, it wasn't that they were just taking part of it. They were going to dwell there, so they took possession of it. They dwelt there. They built houses. They built places of, of worship. They built places to house their, their stuff in. Uh, the Lord gave them the land. Because they then took ownership of it, the Lord gave them rest. And that's what the Lord will do with you and I. He'll give us rest in our places as we take possession of who he is in our lives. And he knows when we need rest and when we need uh, forgiveness, when we need hope, when we need uh, those times that we can just settle down and just sit before him. He gave them rest round about. He gave them rest from the, the issues that were around them. And he can do the same thing for you and I. We dwell in a world that's awful. But Israel dwelt in a world that was awful. So how did he give them rest? He gave them rest from the battles. He gave them rest from their enemies entering in as long as they were walking the way that was going to be right before the Lord. Ugh. And we keep saying, well, I need, a, I need rest. I need time off. I need a vacation. What we need is more of Jesus. <laughs> if we're in that place of saying, I need, I need a vacation, it, what we're taking a vacation from is the Lord usually and that's the wrong way that that's the wrong direction for everything it needs to be turned around and given when we do what's right then we're going to get rest he gave them rest round about according to all that he swore under their fathers and there stood not a man of all their enemies before them 
Uh, and that's the rest that the Lord is going to give us, is that there's not going to be anything in front of us that's going to be able to enter in and take hold of us and ruin us. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Before Judy goes in for surgery, the anxiousness is going to come. The fears are going to come. What if he takes the scalpel and uses the wrong end? <laughs> and he pulls up, I'm really sorry, I just ruined you. She's going to go in Tuesday and go, he said that he was going to do <laughs> <laughs> but but we have all those things those fears that come up and everything else and, and he can even give us rest from those because how many of us do really well when things are really good but then we get our tax bill and find out that they just raised it another $300 this year is there rest in the midst of that or is there I don't have that $300. Where am I going to get it this time? <laughs> I've already tapped this. I've tapped that. And, and we start going out and we enter into places that we don't have to go into. But because what we're doing is the world is presenting those things. The enemy's presenting those things to us. And we're taking possession of them. Instead of having rest, we're sitting up at 2 in the morning going, what do I do? <laughs> I, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. When I used to work for the auto parts place and, and was dispatching, you know, I, I'd sit there and that, that place was killing me. Uh, it, now I see it. I didn't see it when I was in the midst of it, but I'd be awake in the middle of the night going, well, this truck isn't working, that truck isn't working, and they're going to come in. They want this truck. That one wants it. And I was going through the whole day, and I wasn't even into the day yet. It was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> I look back on it and say, what was I? <laughs> but at the time, it, would, it was too much. But there was no rest. The Lord gives us rest. Lord, help us. Because we're having those times. And look at the world around us. The world is it not at rest. The world is not at peace. They're having storms in the ocean now that are unusual for this time of year. Look at how much rain California's had. Unusual. For, for historic proportions, the snowstorm in Buffalo, an epic storm that has come, bigger than ever, stranger than ever, these things are coming about. Could it cause fear in our lives? Sure. I, I can't believe the amount of people that, that I've listened to that went out and bought generators because Buffalo was having trouble. They said, it's going to come to Rochester. i got to get a generator. Really? <laughs> Being driven instead of just resting. The Lord wants rest for us. The Lord gave them rest roundabout, both spiritual and physical, uh, to, according to all that he swore to their fathers. And there stood not a man of all and their enemies before them. And the Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. And there failed not... Uh, not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. Uh, all of it came to pass. You don't have to hold your place here, but turn to Hebrews uh, chapter 13. We'll just read a couple verses there, and, uh, uh, and then we'll uh, get going here. But, but in that place, uh, we just realize that God has always been faithful. God has always been true, uh, and we can believe every one of his promises. 
and yet how many times do we doubt that? When you get in trouble, you cry out, God, where are you? Now, he's already told us, I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. So for us to say, God, where are you? <laughs> just, I don't believe you, Lord, is what you're really saying. Oh, and don't we do that a lot? But we can't let what's going on around us or the people around us bring us to that place. We're, we're back to that Flip Wilson thing. The people made me do it. <laughs> so Hebrews chapter 6, look at what it says. Uh, in verse 13, let's pick up there. 6.13, I'm sorry. I said the wrong thing. Oh, okay. Sorry, wrong chapter, wrong verse. It's good too, but uh, 6.13, sorry. For, for when God made a promise to Abraham, remember all the promises come through Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promises. Abraham went through the same things that you and I are going through, except we see Abraham and we go, what a man of faith. But look at what it says. It says he patiently endured. He went through a lot of stuff before he got the promises fulfilled just like you and I are going to go through those things. And God has promised us to bring wholeness to us. And we go, when, Lord? When am I going to be free of this uh, uh, past of, of abuse, Lord? When am I going to be free uh, of all these concerns that I have, Lord? And he says, after you patiently endure and walk with me, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you rest. And we go, well, Lord, it's your fault. It hasn't come yet. And he goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's never my fault. It's always going to be our fault. It's because we don't rest in what the Lord has already said. He's promised us that he was going to keep us and sustain us and bring us to the end. Ugh. Lord, Iran's going to kill me before you get me. No. <laughs> I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to walk with you. Lord, my kids are going to drive me crazy. No, I'm going to take care of you. I'll get you through it. Give me your heart, give me your ways, and let me walk with you. Oh. And then we find out there, there's a noise of war in the camp. <laughs> and the Lord says, no, they're just having a party. <laughs> but it's a wrong party. Oh. And we enter into it, and we have to stand against it. Not because we have to. Because, but because that's the best place for us to be is standing against those things so that they don't enter in. You, you guys have got enough stuff in your hearts to worry about. You don't need to enter in and let more in. <laughs> we need to let some more out. <laughs> let me get rid of this, Lord. And he goes, okay, walk with me and I'll show you how to do it. Patiently endure. And what happened to Abraham? He obtained every promise that the Lord promised him. What can happen for you and I? The same thing. We can obtain every promise that the Lord has given us as we walk with him. So Father, we just come this morning and you know our hearts, Lord. You know the issues that are there. You know the things that are there, the fears, the, uh, the concerns, uh, the trials that face us. You know the trials that are going to face us tomorrow that we don't even know about yet. 
and yet you know them and you know how to get us through all of them. Psalm 23, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the shadow of those things that are going to kill me if I let them, you're going to have me walk through and pass by those things, Lord, to help my heart to be able to deal with those things rightly. So, Lord, uh, we, we look at our hearts this morning and we cry out for your work in them, Lord. By your spirit, Father, please fill us afresh. And then just show us the things and the errors of our ways so that we can repent and turn and, and possess like Levi did. Instead of being engulfed in everything else, we, we get our own place of rest, Lord, with you. And that's what we want, Father. We, we want you. So we look to you this morning and ask for your touch upon us. And again, Lord, we just cry out for Judy that you'd be with her uh, and just encourage her, strengthen her. And again, Lord, that you would bring a good result from this, that she'd be free of that pain and just free to move around again, Lord. So we just look to you for it, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>